0: Hi, I'm Kerry. Yeah, I got a haircut today. Um, It isn't fluffing out like it used to. Kind of like it this way. Back in uh, 1999, I was a financial advisor, had been a financial advisor for a number of years and had grown and uh, built a a sizable practice. I, I was working at that time for a company called American Express. American Express Financial Advisors, which eventually became what is now known as Ameriprise. I had one of the largest financial planning practices of the 10,000 advisors within the American Express franchise system at that time, and and things were going well. Everybody wanted to be a Um, dot-com. What is going on right now just brings back the memory so strong of of what was going on in uh, 1999, and it brought me back to uh, remembering a couple, uh, Dave and Martha Moore. Uh, Dave was a, a retired uh, small company executive, and they had about $500,000 with me, had been with me for about three years, and as we moved further and further into the dot-com era, Dave Transposed almost like a a a caterpillar from a butterfly into a butterfly, from a very conservative investor to someone who wanted to participate in in the growth that he believed and I believed and we all believed that the digital revolution was going to uh, create. And it again reminds me so much of where we are right now. So I want to relive that story with you. I want to share uh, Dave and Martha and I's experience and um, give you some insight as to what I've experienced and what I think I know is going to happen and it might help you as an investor. Now, now understand, I was a financial advisor. I, I gave up my license in 2005 and sold my practice. So this is not financial advice. This is Kerry sharing his experiences in the stock market so that maybe you can make some better financial decisions. But let's get to that right after this. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Okay, the the market was the, the things that I remember was everybody was talking about connecting a dot com. GoDaddy was just going crazy selling URLs, and and people were Rushing. Actually, I think I remember Coca-Cola had to buy uh, Coca-Cola.com from somebody who beat them to their URL. And that's kind of the craziness that was going on. And, and there were companies like pets.com uh, that were coming to Indivision. And there were crazy things going on where there were new companies starting out in California. California, and they didn't have any money, and and they were giving their secretaries uh, stock options uh, rather than salaries, and it was all kind of crazy. But So Dave and Martha come in, and um, they've been conservative investors, as I said, and let me show you here first a chart of where we were in 1999, relative to the stock market, and what I'm showing you here is um, two lines. One is the S&P 500. That's the the jagged line, the red and green line, and and the yellow line is the QQQs. And so, Dave and Martha were, as I said, had about five hundred thousand dollars with me, and. In about 1998, they said they wanted to get some of their portfolio into this dot-com um, category. And so I'm representing that as QQQs. Now I want to take you and show you this chart that I created um, of Dave and Martha's portfolio. As I said, the, in in May of 1999, um, they had roughly they had convinced me and that wasn't a hard convince um to put to go 25% in what we would call the QQQ's back then it was we had a portfolio called a strategy aggressive which represented the QQQ's uh, the Nasdaq 100 and then um we had new dimensions and that would represent Uh, pretty much the S&P 500. And so that's how we kind of had it divided, 75% in the S&P and 25% in the the QQQs. We were selling mutual funds back then, so that's kind of how it was represented. And as you can see, um, a year later, um, Dave's $100,000 turned into $219,000. And you, you know what Dave said. You know what they said. Let's put more of that into um, the the QQQs, uh, to, the strategy aggressive. Because he came in and he said, there's computers in everything. There's computers in my refrigerator. They're even putting a computer in my microwave. They're putting them in my car. That's the future. There's going to be computers in everything. And that's where we want. We need to move more money into the, the 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 strategy aggressive, I convinced him not to do it. I said, "No, you're you're 62 years old at that point. He was 63. We have to be conservative. We really should have something in fixed income. Oh no, we don't want anything in fixed income. The market is growing too rapidly." So he left. He was okay with it. Well came back a year later and his 409,000 in new dimensions turned into 335,000 and his his 219,000 turned into seven, roughly 75,000. So his whole portfolio lost about 20%. Dave wasn't happy. Dave wasn't happy at all and uh but he said you know, we're going to stay with it. We're going to be fine, I hope. He came back a year later in 2003. He's now 65. He's now qualifying for Social Security and whatever. And Dave made a statement I will never forget. Um he was sitting in my office. Martha didn't show up this time and Dave came in and sat down uh, at a table about the size of this desk. It was a round table. I was on one side of it, he was on the other side of it. He looked at his for- portfolio and had seen that it went from 500,000 To $311,000. Dave's exact words were If I was any kind of man, I'd have come across this table and beat the living shit out of you. That's what those were his words. Okay. Well, I'm glad that Dave wasn't any kind of man because he didn't come across the table and beat the living shit out of me. Um, But That's the world as it was. And and I see that same thing happening right now. I see we had an over-exuberance fed by... Um, a pandemic with people stuck at home and and the government throwing nine trillion dollars into the stock market, and a lot of amateurs getting into the stock market and buying things they didn't know, and companies that weren't making money. And it just reminded me so much, of the dot-com bubble. And rather than uh, Silicon Valley companies uh, giving people stock, we created a new entity called a SPAC. And it was a small company that was bought by a non-existent or a a bankrupt a, 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 a SPAC, a special interest... Uh, acquisition company, a company that had a ticker symbol and didn't have to go through the all rigmarole of of a of a, an ipo and we just flooded the market with them and it just rang so true of 1998, 1999. And I'll be damned if the same thing didn't happen in uh, 2022. We're seeing a reassessment, a pullback, and the people who pushed it up, um, the dot-com chasers, are all gone now. They they decide in in uh, in uh, twenty or in two thousand it were it was day traders that was everything I never forget getting a cab in New York City at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon and asking a guy well how's are you a professional cab driver oh no I'm a professional day trader I only do this as a side gig well we're back at the same thing. We had a bunch of people who weren't working still collecting a salary but also getting a check from the government and that money rained into the market and here we are again. So, going back to the chart, um you can see what then transpired through in Dave's portfolio. Although I didn't see much of Dave, um uh, but if 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 he He actually took his portfolio rather than beat the shit out of me. He took his portfolio and gave it to another advisor. So I really don't know what Dave did with his portfolio. But I imagined if he had just stayed calm and stayed put, what would have happened? Again, he would have gotten back to his 500000 in roughly eight years. That's how long it took if he had left everything as it was. And then he would have almost doubled his portfolio after, what is that? That would be about 18 years. So is that what's going to happen now? No. I think the trajectory back up is going to be much more rapid um, it isn't going to take I don't believe seventeen years because we've learned from our mistakes we've we, we know what needs to be done at this point uh, the dot com bubble was something unforeseen we know that we, I just watched a documentary from the Wall Street Journal about that the supply chain will be nothing like it has ever been before. You need to find this. It's a Wall Street Journal. Uh, I think the title of it was um, The Supply Chain Will be, Never Be the Same. And it's a 54-minute video that explains uh, when you buy um, a, a, a UBS charger uh, and it's it starts in China and how it gets to your doorstep, and and how it literally takes a year from that making of that that UBS charger um, to it reaching your doorsteps and all the hands that it goes through, and and all the add-ons that are attached to it and how that puts everything in jeopardy when you change it from. A UBS charger to a semiconductor um, and and how our nation is in a very precarious position as a result of a broken supply chain, and then how uh, all, all everything is is changing so rapidly. I also read an article where um, Google just spinned out off a new company called Sandbox, which is going to be an AI company that uh, specializes in using AI in quantum computing. That is the next step. Um, and, I, and I thought about that, wow, I need to buy Sandbox. And then I got to thinking, yeah, that's about 10 years off before that actually comes to fruition and carry your 77 years old maybe you need to stay away from that but i guess where i'm going and what i want you to understand is where we are in this in this transition of our world and how we got there here from a coronavirus, which I, again I say is the most important thing that has happened in my life and will change the world as a result of it, in the recognition that our healthcare system is broken, our supply chain system is broken, and that will all change. I just saw an interview with the CEO of Intel who was meeting before a committee of of Congress saying that you need to allocate more funds for the rebuilding of the uh, supply chain, particularly in semiconductors. How they had announced the building of a plant in Columbus, Ohio. And then there's uh, another plant being built in Phoenix, Arizona. And how it is so important, in his words, were that if we don't do this within the next three years, we will never catch up. And we will be a secondary power. And we will be beholding to Europe. Europe is actually getting ahead of us on this. And Asia is far ahead of us. And we know from what we've seen in the, the Ukraine situation that when they, we are dependent upon them and when they have nuclear capabilities, we, we just can't do anything. I will come back to my question that I continue to ask anybody and everybody who will listen there are less than 22 nuclear um, aircraft carriers in the world. We own 11 of them. Where are they? Where are they? Why aren't they in the Black Sea? Why aren't they in the, up in the, by the Baltics? Why aren't they there? When a bully comes into the classroom, the first thing you do is, bit, bit, is pick up the baseball bat. Okay, we own the baseball bat. Why aren't we using it? Getting off my subject a bit, but that's where we are. That's my story of Dave and Martha Moore and their over-exuberance to get in and then their inability to sustain the consequences of over-exuberance. Okay, that's my take for today. and I'll be back with you tomorrow.